This episode is sponsored by Fortinet and their security fabric for retail, enabling robust networking, enterprise security, and centralized management without sacrificing efficiency or quality of experience. Learn more by going to fortinet.com forward slash retail. And thanks to Fortinet, from now on until August 18th, we are running a contest for a huge prize package. As a matter of fact, we will be choosing not one, but two winners for this contest. To learn more and to enter, visit skipkimple.com forward slash contest or visit any of my social media channels. You can earn entries every single day. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and start getting your entries in now. You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. This is a bonus episode, episode number nine, July 30th, 2020. Strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Tech Chef Podcast. This is your host, Skip, and we are going to do something different today. This is a bonus episode. As you know, I just spoke to you a couple days ago, and I promised you that we'd be doing something later on the week, and here we are. It's Thursday, and I wanted to take a little bit of a break from our contactless payment series that we've been doing, but don't fret. Next Tuesday, we will have our regularly scheduled show. Today, we're going to be talking to Brett Kruger, who is a boutique hotel developer. He's a very good friend of mine, and I have the pleasure in the past of staying at several of his properties. And I do have to say that they are very unique and very impressive. Every single little detail you can imagine, Brett has concentrated on to make sure that it is the best experience possible. Now, we're also going to have a discussion about technology that he uses Um, on his properties to also additionally enhance that guest experience. And he's also going to shed some light into how restaurants should be dealing with their landlords during this time of financial strain. We're also going to shoot the breeze quite a bit, and you never know where the conversation is going to go when you have Brett on the other end of the phone. I can't wait for you to meet him. I can't wait for you to hear from him. Here's the man, the legend himself, Mr. Brett Kruger. Brett and I go way back. I thought it would be um, very good to bring him on the show. I know this is primarily a restaurant technology show, but we do cover the entire hospitality industry. And And he and I have worked together on several IT projects for his developments in the past. And I think we can, we can create a really nice story here today and, and kind of talk about technology and how it folds into what you do, Brett. Um, but tell me a little bit about yourself so people understand um, who you are. All right, so uh, I develop properties in, uh, around Charlotte, North Carolina, and up in the mountains, um, all the way over to Asheville. Uh, primarily, I've been involved in hotels. Uh, we did the Windsor Boutique Hotel. I was with a group called MRK. I was the VP of operations, and uh, we did the Windsor Boutique Hotel. That was the number one rated hotel in Asheville um, on TripAdvisor. And uh, then we did the Ivy's Boutique Hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina, and out of like 179 hotels, that was also ranked number one. 
Um, we've also done some condos. I got uh, a couple projects going on right now, uh, one in Asheville, and then I've got, uh, you know, uh, 13 condos we're building in Asheville and then up on Lake Norman, just north of Charlotte, I've got a 82 room, uh, boutique hotel on the lake waterfront. Crazy enough that lake is 55 years old and there's no waterfront resort on the lake. So we got a convention space. We're going to be doing condos in there as well. And, uh, a couple other projects, but I've, I've been doing this, I guess, on my own since, since 2000s when I started my original company and we did built, I guess I built hundreds of condos and custom homes, townhomes, uh, for people. So I've had the pleasure of visiting several of your projects once they've been completed. And I'm curious, what kind of drives you to a particular project? Um, and what, what really attracts you to that? Well, I, I think I'm different than uh, the, the corporate mentality uh, that you see so much of right now. <clears throat> the corporate mentality out there, you know, it's it's there's these big companies doing these projects and they all kind of look, smell and feel the same. You know, all my stuff is completely unique. That's <clears throat> that's why I do condos. I do the hotels. But everything I do is, is, is basically a, a project that comes kind of from within myself. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in on the, I mean, the financing, the design, putting the project together. Yeah, I, I meet with buyers uh, or, or, or guests of the hotel. I mean, I, I'm just completely involved in, in all of it. So I, I would say that's it. It's just, just my passion for, uh, uh, doing all these things and producing these things. And, you know, I, I, I love that people love, uh, what I do. So. Well, that's great. I mean, you certainly do have passion for what you do, and anybody who knows you knows that to be true. Um, Brett and I actually go back, gosh, Brett, I think it's it's probably 25, 26 years. Um, very interesting story. We used to work on cruise ships together. Um, that was, seems like a whole different lifetime ago. But uh, when you when I got off the cruise ships and you started getting into uh, some of your more advanced uh, development, one of those properties was uh, Sugar Mountain in particular. Can you tell me a little bit about that just uh, as reference point before I get into the next piece? Yeah, we did a Sugar Point. We're on the top of uh, Sugar Mountain up there. We had long range views, Grandfather Mountain. And, uh, you know, it was <clears throat> I, th- I think our elevation, we're over 4000 feet. It was gorgeous, it, unbelievable. But I remember it, it, what you were doing. You know, I was very into the tech side of what we what we did, right? And so, um, you know, from construction just all the way through sales and everything. And and, and I remember Skip. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this. I, remember I had like a BlackBerry back then, right? And uh, I could actually uh, Skip invented something for me where where on my BlackBerry I could actually pull up through our website uh, our entire neighborhood, and then I could actually. Like if, if somebody wanted to hold a lot while I was standing on the lot with the customer, I could actually hold the lot right there. Uh, you know, I could uh, skip made a program for me. And man, that, I, I tell you, that was impressive. That really went a long way. I mean, that you think about it, that was back in like 2006. You know, I mean, a lot of companies, I mean, still don't have technology like that today. It was it was it was actually very cutting edge. We should have uh, capitalized on that at the time, that whole idea. I don't know if you remember, but in addition to being able to um, reserve that lot immediately, and it would actually reflect on the website as well as available and sold lots. But when you yep. entered the customer information in, that data was sent back to a server, automate, automatically filled out a PDF form, 
and would email it back to your potential customer. By the time you got back yep. to your sales office, there was a document ready with all their information ready to sign. I don't know if you remember that piece of it. I do remember that. And, and I'll tell you one thing I even forgot about before that. Uh, think about this. Remember, on my website, I'm the first person that I ever have known in, in the real estate industry to sell a home strictly through the Internet. And that was back in like 2001, I believe, or 2002. I remember uh, we, we did something that was like, you know, four easy steps to owning your home. And we, 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 we put this website together where somebody would actually go on. They would choose their lot, choose their floor plan, choose their options. They had a credit app in there. And then they could reserve the lot by pressing the next button. And we actually did actually two homes we sold through the Internet like that year just completely. And, and, and both the people were from California moving all the way over to North Carolina. Yeah. We had some fun developing ideas. You would always challenge me with, uh, with a crazy concept. I truly believed you were crazy at the time. Well, kind of still do, yeah. but, uh, we, we pulled yeah, it I don't, off. I don't think there's been evidence that that's not true. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the technology at some of your, um, some of your properties. The one thing I noticed is that you are you have a, an attention for detail, and your goal really is to make a really exquisite experience for the guest, from decor to the technology and the ambiance that they feel. Maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, what you've done and what you've implemented to create that environment. Well, you know what I do is 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 a lot of what I do with the past company I was with, and 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 what I've done since then. Is, is I really like to take, you know, older buildings. I, li I like to uh, uh, take buildings maybe from early 1900s and upfit them. Um, there's there's like an energy, there's an ambiance or something with these things that, that that's just, you can't recreate it. You know, you see a lot of companies try and recreate that stuff and, and they can't do it. But it's just, you know, you know always my dream is, is to have rustic, you know, uh, hardwood floors with brick, chipped up brick on the interior with the latest technology. I mean, all the latest technology. I mean, of course, super fast Internet. Um, you know, uh, there's there's there's, you know, I mean, just just with the HVAC tied into it. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Just everything. I mean, it's just I love the technology aspect coming together with the old world. I just I mean, that's one of the greatest feelings when you accomplish it. I think, uh, it, it, you know, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, and it's very evident. Like you said, it's got that, that old feel, but when you walk in, it's got that cool vibe of being modern. And actually, the guest you are trying to attract, I think that is dead on of what what they're looking for, quite honestly. Yeah, it's so funny when, when, when people talk technology and everything, it, it it, so many people complicate it. I see so many people do it wrong. They, they add technology to the rooms, but it's a lighting system that people don't really understand. It's, uh, it's maybe, hey, you can operate everything from the iPad. But again, we know, we know now, even from COVID, who wants to touch somebody else's iPad? You know, I, I think the, really the future is when you can walk in with your smartphone and instantly uh, just, just uh, you know, download something or or just uh, tie in maybe Bluetooth or whatever to the system. So you operate everything from your phone and it's got, you know, maybe lighting number one, HVAC number two, I mean, maybe even the television on there. But I, I, I really think that, and I think people are close. I, I don't know that anybody's done that completely, but I, I really feel like that's the future for our industry. Well, since you brought it up, you brought COVID, the 
dirty, nasty word that we're all trying to avoid. But let's talk about that for a second, because I know you and I have have um, discussed, um, you know, the pandemic and how it's totally disrupted the industry. And, you know, from a landlord perspective, maybe you can kind of talk about uh, the struggles there or, you know, what their role is in the whole pandemic situation, because restaurants are suffering to be able to obviously pay rent. And um, working with landlords is a challenge. Can you speak to it from the other side so we can get that perspective? <laughs> yeah. So obviously my answer on this show is going to be de- very different than if I answer that on a uh, real estate podcast as a landlord. Right. But but uh, I just want to tell everybody out there, there's there's a lot of help uh, from the banks um, with with uh, pushing payments back. Uh, I know most people are on six months, no payments right now. Um, I know there's loans, there's all kinds of help uh, for the landlords. <clears throat> I just want to make sure that that is uh, filtering down uh, to the uh, to the tenants, to the restaurants, and to the retail. Because, you know, in 2008, that didn't happen. When there was a bailout for the banks, uh, that was supposed to trickle down to the pockets of, of people who were hurting. Well, the banks generally, I feel that the banks kept that money. They didn't push it out there. Right. And I just from the, a lot of cases I've heard, 90 percent of the cases I've heard so far, the, the, the uh, tenants are getting, uh, uh, you know, things back from the landlord. They're getting concessions and everything like they should. Um, and I, I think, you know, but I mean, there's certain situations where maybe if the landlord wants rid of the tenant or something, I mean, they can they can use a situation like this maybe to the landlord's advantage. But there's there's plenty of programs and things out there to help the landlords. I just, you know, I, I know it's tough. I mean, you know, I know that if restaurant traffic is just off 15 percent, a lot of restaurants don't make money. And I mean, now they're being asked to open at 50 percent. And I, I just think that you got to push some of that back onto the landlord in, in, in rent concessions and, and, and other things. So are there options, you know, to come to the table and talk with your landlord about um, maybe investing in possible future investments with the restaurant and the hotel or some type of profit sharing program? A lot of people are, are, are just pushing the payments or, or if they get concessions, they just push it on to the end of the lease, and maybe increase the length of their lease or something is, is what a lot of people are doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of still you know, I, I think I saw yesterday there's still a lot of government money out there uh, to help people, you know, that they, they need to apply for that and everything. But but I, I think there's 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 plenty of things out there to help right now. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully we, we get through all this sooner than later. So I know in a few of your hotels, you've brought restaurants in and there, there's a partnership there. Um, how do those partnerships really form? How, you know, who initiates the, those partnerships? Is the restaurant coming to, to the hotel or is it the hotel looking for a restaurant? I mean, how does that work? Well, you know, really in the old days, the uh, hotel wanted to control their own restaurant, right? So they would do their own restaurant and, you know, when, when, when the hotel wasn't busy, it wasn't busy, you know, it would kind of, you know, the customer traffic would kind of go up and down with the, with the hotel and, and, you know, and that really hurt the quality of uh, the staff that you can hire that hurt the quality of food, everything, you know, and I, I think that 
there's so many restaurants losing money. I've heard stories. And there's one hotel in New York. The guy was losing like a couple million a year, you know, but he couldn't shut his restaurant down, you know. But so 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 everything changed and people started going or, or landlords started going after outside restaurants and 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 they would bring them in. And uh, and and then, you know, a lot of those restaurants didn't really understand how a hotel works. And so their traffic would go up and down. They started experiencing some of the same problems. But. I, th- I think that, you know, some of the most successful cases now, uh, that, that restaurant maybe even has a bigger name than the hotel, right? And so these hotels and these landlords are, are going after big name restaurants um, or, or big chefs, celebrity chefs is the other big thing right now. But, but, you know, the partnership is everything, man, because you think about it, what you can actually get as a restaurant going into a hotel, right? You got room service. Okay, you get your normal restaurant, you have bar, and then you also have, uh, if they have convention space, right, you got catering and stuff, you know, and for for events, maybe weddings, everything else, um, you know, business, travel. But I mean, there's, there's, I think it's a great thing for restaurants to move into these hotels, but, but that, that, that restaurant has to have its own brand and its own identity it needs to be if that hotel wasn't there it could be a standalone success in that same exact location you know and uh and and the hotel needs to be a standalone success and and that's the marriage that works great and 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 crazy enough i i I was at a hotel conference last year and they were talking about some of the landlords or, or hotel owners were talking about the restaurants were outperforming the hotels they had more gross sales at the restaurants than the hotel and so, so where, where I'm going with this is that if that is a happy marriage, I think, you know, and, and the way I'm getting ready to do my uh, next hotel is, is it's, it's basically a partnership, right? Where I do a very low rent base, very low rent. Uh, but, uh, you know, I basically do my triple net pass-throughs, uh, you know, which is insurance, taxes, and everything is, is what the restaurant tenant will pay per square foot. But then uh, we basically partner in all the profitability. And that gives more incentive than ever for the restaurant to promote the hotel and for the hotel to promote the restaurant. One way we used to do that also was was we would get like uh, gift certificates. And I think the restaurant would take 25% off a gift certificate. So if, if we got, gave out a $100 gift certificate, that only cost us $75 with the restaurant. So that that was a big thing in, in, in where we could do uh, partnerships and in, in, in marketing and everything together. And, 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 you know, we enjoyed a lot of success in, in our, uh, you know, in, in, in the past hotel restaurant, uh, you know, I was working with. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm sitting back listening to this and I'm 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 fascinated by it. And, you know, a lot of the listeners to the show are technology based and we're, we're delving into areas that aren't really technology. However, this is very, very good information. And part of the reason for having you on was not only to attract some more hospitality listeners, but also some different leadership roles within a company. I think, I think you're accomplishing that just by giving this great insight from this side. But, you know, probably one of the most important things I need to ask you, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? A sandwich named after me, it's got a it, 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 it's got, I'm going to be honest, it's got to be a custom order. You have to have lots of selections because <laughs> that's how I am, right? You, you, you know, you have to be able to pick your bread, pick your meat, pick your, uh, pick your cheese. I mean, you got to have something that's uh, a little complicated, 
but but something great when it's all put together. Well, having said that, I was thinking about it. Don't you actually have a sandwich named after you? I do. Uh, here in Charlotte, there's a place called uh, Red Rocks Cafe up in uh, Burkdale, and so so that was uh, that was something about ten years ago. I was friends with the owner, and he's friends with a lot of celebrities and everything. Uh, and anyway, yeah, I got a, a chicken sandwich. I, I just got upgraded though to the dinner menu. I'm now a dinner salad. <laughs> so I'm on to on on to something even better, but I'll take the chicken sal or chicken sandwich, you know, advancement up to the dinner menu, dinner salad. I'm, pr- I'm pretty pleased with that. Pretty excited. Well, I'm sure it'll be a good year. <laughs> I'm sure that was one thing that's on your bucket list. What else? What else is on your bucket list? I I want to know more about Brett Kruger, or the listeners certainly do. I probably know more than I need to know about Brett Kruger. But yeah, you uh, probably do. You you've had a very interesting life. You've traveled all around the world. What is left for you to do? Well, I like to it, 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 the greatest things that I've seen around the world, right? From from hotels, restaurants, retail are exactly what my properties look like. I can tell I could tell people I can walk them through my properties like the condos I'm doing up in Asheville right now. I could actually walk you through and, and show you where I got different ideas uh, from great things that I've seen around the world. And that's that's the next thing on Sunset Cove. That one will be really my best project I've ever done, I believe, because everything comes together. We've got a beach club across the back. Um, it's it's kind of a valley meets uh, Mediterranean in that it has the muted colors and the, we've got sand. We've got that look from valley. But uh, I, I just didn't think the people in Charlotte are ready to sit on the sand and spend 200 bucks on a dinner, right? So, so we're trying to bring in more of the traditions that you see from like the uh, Mediterranean, like uh, um, the coastal areas of France, you know, um, the uh, you know Saint Tropez, the beach clubs, and all that. People, people go out have a lunch that lasts for hours, and and uh, you know, but again, it's more it's it's more traditional and everything it's so 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 my hotel design is basically a valley meets mediterranean design but i think yeah that is that if you're asking like 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 what i want to do i mean i want to create absolutely the perfect guest experience all the way through from every single thing the guests see to every single way they're treated by the staff i want 100 people to come through there and 100 people say it's the nicest place they've ever been that's my goal well and i from what i've seen you you certainly do um attempt to achieve that with everything that you do and i i know you study people a lot you study business people and when you think about success you know getting to that um that level of just meeting the highest expectation what particular person comes to mind and why well i mean that's tough i just love the innovators i i love the innovators the people who you know i mean i mean steve jobs he he, you know, he didn't he didn't uh, come up with computers that made everything more complicated he he came up with extremely complicated computers that made everything very simple for people right so i mean steve jobs i'm going to tell you like 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 even I mean, Howard Hughes back in the day where he was always just trying to take things to another level and, 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 and show people that, that we don't live in barriers, you know, and, and Elon Musk, man, I'm telling you like that rocket, uh, like, 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 like a couple weeks ago that, that went, you know, went into space and 
like I saw that rocket. And I tell you, even the astronauts, man, did you see the the outfits that they have? I mean, I did. we saw like when they went to the moon, they had these big, ugly boots and, and they look like tinfoil and stuff. I mean, like these people look like, you know, those astronauts look like they could go in a club, you know, in uh, New York City. I mean, they, those were, I mean, unbelievable. The design, everything has made me very proud to be an American. Very proud because it's our capitalism meeting NASA and, and, and our government like like it's it's the kind of project that, that people around the world say you can't do. And we did it. And it uh, was unbelievable. Well, what you know, Picky and I, my wife, had, were fortunate enough to be at the launch for that event. And the it, there was so much excitement built up around that. You know, it had been so long since we've gone to space um, on our own territory, and to do it in this um, private endeavor was was pretty darn amazing. And absolutely, Elon Musk is brilliant. He marketed that thing from start to finish, from the design of the capsule to the interior of the capsule to the uh, to the the uh, suits that they are wearing to the transportation and the Teslas out to the capsule. I, yeah. I honestly hope he's in charge of building the moon um, facilities, you know, that, yeah. that they're going to be building and working in, because if anybody's going to do yeah. it right, this guy is going to do it right. Let me tell you, let me tell you, like, this is the other thing. He made it cool. He may go into space. Cool. Right. It's not something where you're dragging your kids through uh, the NASA exhibits and uh, Cape Canaveral. and It's like 90 degrees. Right. And, and the kids don't really get it. I mean, that was cool. That rocket was cool. I mean, the spacesuits were cool. I mean, it was I could see kids watching that and actually growing up and wanting to be an astronaut again which I, I think we went through maybe a generation of people not wanting to do that or it didn't appeal to them at all, you know? I agree. You know, some of the fascination about it, I, I truly believe was due to the fact that it had not been, it had been a very long time since we had um, sent somebody up there on our territory. But also, um, you know, the whole the whole idea of um, before the shuttles became so darn routine, the shuttle launches, nobody even paid attention to them anymore unless something happened. And then there was a spur of interest. But I, I you know, Elon Musk obviously is going to get back into the phase of launching these rocket rockets regularly. But I also think he's going to continue to make sure focus is on his brand. Obviously, his brand is important to him. And we will continuously see new innovations. And I, I don't believe the focus will be lost in the future. And that will attract the young individuals out there that are looking for a career, that are looking for that crazy thing, like to be an astronaut. What a what a fantasy to have. But it, he's going to make it a reality for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I love what he said, too, you know, where he said, hey, if this thing is a success, this is a, a huge team effort between his companies and and between uh, NASA. And he said, he said, if anything goes wrong, yeah, it's my fault. I'm the uh, chief engineer on this. I saw but, that. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty bold statement to make, you know. I agree. All right. This is turning into the Brett and Skip show. So <laughs> let me reel things back in a little bit. And to kind of close things yeah. out, let's talk about a couple last things. Um, in boutique hotels, what are the, some of the am amenities um, involving technology that you think are really important to concentrate on right now? You know, what, what is the guest really expecting? And, and if you're a developer out there, what should you be concentrating on? 
Well, the biggest things right now as a developer are, are, are people, construction costs are, are so high, you know, and, and, and permitting and everything. I mean, they make you do so many things today. Everything's so expensive that uh, by the time you get to the technology, that's really at the end. You've got no money left, right? You've got no money left in, in your budget for the technology. But yet the technology is paramount. Uh, to the uh, cost savings of the uh, uh, operations of the hotel, right? Because if, if, if you're hooked in through your internet-based system, when a guest checks in, you can actually uh, click a box, check in. What that does is set the uh, yeah, HVAC to like uh, 70 degrees. It puts on your mood lighting. It'll actually turn on the television. We used to always have... Uh, uh, you know, like uh, just a very peaceful, tranquil music playing at a, at a low level is kind of a background when people walked in the room and, you know, and, and the TV would light up with some sort of nature scene, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, we had three different scenes or like one of the ocean, one of the rainforest, and I forget the other one, but, but that, that's a cool thing because you could power that room down and, and not have the expense of uh, operating that room from lighting to HVAC to everything, and, and and the cost savings is unbelievable at the end of the year. You know, um, just relying on your staff to turn those switches on and off and do all that. Not to mention, you got to pay the staff to do that, right? So, so I think that's really important to a developer is to really get in early on the technology, and and maybe look at that first, right? Because, like I say, at the end, you've gone through all your money. You don't have the money to do these things are essential to running the hotel efficiently. Um, uh, also, you know, another thing as, as, as a guest, I, I just think that the guests want, want to have uh, a lot of them are traveling to the same places. So, I mean, they want to be able to check in very easily. There's, there's usually like an iPad check-in system. Now I think you can even check in from your, uh, from your phone, um, and then uh, you can actually use your uh, phone as a as your key card also as well. And I think these are things that, again, it just makes everything so much easier for the guest. And, and, and you know, one of the most important things is to completely deliver to your guest what your cleaning methods are for that room. Right. With COVID being a concern, somebody could have checked out of that room at 11 a.m. and you're checking in at, at, at four o'clock, right? So I think really some sort of system that actually properly delivers what your cleaning methods are and also why that works. You know, you need it backed up by somebody as to that that's the recommended system for the safest delivery of the room to the guests. Absolutely. You know, the obviously your industry crosses over very well with the restaurant industry. Um, you're talking about the cleanliness and things like that, but also the whole contactless and touchless piece that we are trying to solve for in the restaurant industry where people don't have to touch menus. They don't have to, um, you know, give up their credit card and have somebody swipe it for them. Everything is as touchless as possible. And really the only way to achieve that is putting the power back into the consumer's hands and finding methods that they can actually do it on their own device instead of using um, a you know a hotel's device or a restaurant's device. So, our um, definitely our industries uh, have the same type of of challenges during these interesting times. Let me ask you: uh, Do you have any advice or further advice for restaurants in coming out of this age of COVID nineteen um, in regards to you know how to 
you know, I know we talked about how to work with landlords and, and different concessions there, but is, are there any nuggets that you could possibly give us in regards to that? I mean, what I would say, and, and I recommended this to a few of my friends, is is figure out the outdoor seating, man, because um, everybody understands the restaurants are struggling from uh, COVID and 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 every you know all, all the issues they've had on reopening and everything, and 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 I think that landlords, I think the government agencies, everybody are more than willing to 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 work with restaurant groups more than they ever have before because they understand what they're going through but figuring out how to get that outdoor dining you know that's one thing i always learned like in we, i owned an hvac company and you would do these uv sterilizers that would actually uh kill viruses and bacteria out of the air which is uv rays which is what the sun gives off right so if you're outside the sun should be taking care of uh, the virus right and so i know a lot of people feel very comfortable sitting outside and so just figuring out ways to get more outdoor seating outside your restaurants, whether it's taking, I've seen down in Charleston, I saw them actually taking up a lane of traffic. I saw them taking parts of parking lots and getting that seating outside so that that restaurant could actually run on the same occupancy that they did before. It's just that now uh, half their seating is maybe outside uh, where it was all inside before. Yeah, great points. And, and that's one thing that, Restaurant industry has definitely jumped on, you know, as soon as we were able to uh, open the restaurants, at least to the public outside, as many restaurants as they could, we, we utilized parking spots, sidewalks, and the, the local government agencies, you know, the cities were very lenient um, in most of the cases with their permits and things like that. And they allowed that for that to happen because they truly want the, the businesses to be successful. They want them to be successful and they also want to stop the spread of COVID. Okay, so they have it's a twofold thing to where they know that seating outside is safer, right? So they have two reasons to work with that restaurant tenant. Very true. I got a question for you. Um, I got to start wrapping this up. So let me, you have such an interesting background and have done so many things in your life. At the end of the day, what do you, Brett Kruger, want to be remembered for? Well, I would probably say. I don't really know. You know, I just, I, I would say that like, just knowing me and, and knowing the properties that I did, like enlightened people in some way, you know, like I, I, I want to be known as somebody, a lot of times I give advice to businesses or I'm an advisor. I, I try and help people, but I, I, I love to think that when people talk to me, maybe they uh, get some facts or they find out about something that they didn't know before, you know, cause I, I'm out all the time. I'm doing things like all the time. Right. So, so I have a lot of great experiences and I've traveled around the world, like you said. So, so probably that I'd like to be uh, always remembered for somebody that, uh, you know, enlightened everybody, you know, uh, in some way. Very good, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope our listeners, um, we're able to pick some things out of this and have some takeaways and have some good discussions internally. But uh, this has been, um, it's, it's been fun to talk to you and I, I certainly hope all the best for you and all the best success in the future. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Skip. Great show. I told you that was going to be a very interesting interview. 
Uh, I love talking to him. And if you'd like to learn more about Brett or contact him directly, the best way to do so, go on LinkedIn and search for Brett Kruger. He's a, he's a megastar on LinkedIn, so I'm sure you, you'll find him pretty quickly. And he's posted quite a few pictures of his properties and upcoming projects. So definitely go and check him out. Now, if you'd like to contact me and make a comment about this show or any other show that we've done, please do so using our comment hotline at 954-302-0851. You can also go to our website at skipkimple.com, get our show notes there, and you can always reach me at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you want to reach me. Now, next week, we're back at it again with part six of our contactless payment series, where we're going to be talking to Ram Krupp from OneDine. As you know, Ram is an amazing individual and very well-known in our industry, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to share with us. Now, we only have a couple more episodes before we get into our next mini-series topic. I'm not going to give you any hints, but you'll have to stay tuned and really find out what that's going to be, and it's going to be very beneficial to you. And I would never leave this show without saying, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. (laughs) 